My name is Aki, and the story I'm going to share took place on my reservation in Alberta, Canada. I'm not sure if you all know about the MMIW movement, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, but it's an ongoing national crisis across Canada. Just for a basic understanding, it is a fact that Indigenous women represent 10% of the total population of missing women in Canada and they're also 10 times more likely to be murdered than all other ethnicities. For the longest time since I was maybe about 7 or 8 years old, I was always constantly told by everyone to be careful while playing outside because someone might take me away. As I grew up, I kept that in the back of my mind because it was just so scary to imagine, but deep down, I never actually thought it would happen to me. This took place in the summer of 2015, when I was only 15 years old and I was with an old friend that we can call T. T and I were at my grandma's house making plans to walk to my other friend's house that was about an hour walk. The both of us were used to us walking around, especially at night, and around this time, the sun was slowly going down and we decided that we better head out while there's still sunlight. Our surroundings were fields, hills, and an empty gravel road. I should mention that we had already passed by the last three houses, so after that we were completely isolated from everyone around us. As we were walking on this empty gravel road, we had talked about a lot of things just to pass time, and we randomly brought up kidnappings. A young woman had went missing on our reserve in August of 2011, so naturally, it was on our minds during this conversation. It had started to scare us because it was getting darker, and we also noticed a car coming down the road. I remember latching arms very tightly and repeated saying to ourselves, please go past us, and thankfully they did. I noticed they were the people who lived near my grandma. After that, we fully believed we were just being paranoid from our stories, so we tried changing the topic, when suddenly, I had heard another vehicle coming down the road. Since we were both still very on edge, I decided I was going to turn around and see if I had noticed that vehicle as well, and that's when my heart dropped to my stomach. It was a stereotypical pervert van that was dark blue, and it also had bright orange tire rims and mirrors that both looked to be hand-painted. I quickly turned around and told T, Oh my god, it's a van. T then quickly pushed me into a ditch to walk further from the road, and as we did that, I noticed the vehicle started driving slower and slower as they approached us. Once the van got beside us, it basically was only rolling, and that's when I noticed that there were two white men in the van. The driver was about 40 to 50, bald, wore a white sleeveless t-shirt, sort of big and had bright blue eyes, and the passenger was maybe 35 to 40, also wearing a white sleeveless t-shirt, very skinny and had some hair, but not a lot either. As I looked at the van a bit more, I noticed that the back windows were also painted dark blue so that nobody could see the inside of it. Once I had seen this and who was driving, I started to freak out, and I would grabbed onto T's arm for comfort. That's when the driver then said, Where are you ladies going? Y'all need a ride? T quickly replied with, No thank you while pushing me closer towards the barbed wire fence. The driver quickly responded with, No, let me give you girls a ride. 
It's not a problem, really. To which T then responded back with a stern voice. No, we don't need a ride. Please go away. That's when the van then came to a complete stop, and we both heard the driver then say in an angry tone to his passenger, All right, get out and go get them. And with no hesitation, T then pushed me to run. Very quickly, T grabbed the barbed wire fence to open it, and I jumped through it, but I would got caught in it and scratched my knee up. But the adrenaline made me feel no pain, only panic. Once T got through, we both ran down the hill, not looking back even once. There were bushes and tall grass that we ran through, and we knew that there was mice and snakes in those areas, but in that moment, we didn't care. We had finally gotten within an eye's view of my friend's house, but it was still a ways away, so we decided to hide in the bushes for a moment. As I was looking up the hill, I noticed the van was driving very slowly along the edge of the hills to try and see where we ran off to. We both had thought that maybe they'd drive off since we were hiding, but to our horror, they had found the road and proceeded to still search for us. Thankfully, however, they drove right past us without noticing us hiding. Once we had seen that they were far away, we got up and ran as fast as possible as we could to my friend's house. Once we got there, we immediately told my friend's parents, and they told us to both tell our moms. I gave as much information as I could to my mom, but there wasn't really much else she could do besides forbidding me from walking anywhere ever again. I know you're probably all wondering why I didn't call the police, but unfortunately, it's very common for the police to not help during these situations. The trust for police is truly non-existent, especially for my reservation and specifically my family. It's also just very common for police to ignore indigenous people's concerns in general, all across Canada. With that being said, I've never informed the situation to the police. I was just afraid of them not believing our story and dismissing it. There simply just wasn't enough evidence, and I didn't have a cell phone at the time either to capture pictures or videos. Although I truly wish we had tried to report it anyway, especially for records and the community safety. Because to this day, eight years later, I still see this van sometimes around. I also have a few pictures of the van as well. When I went to get gas up sometime in July, I had seen the exact same man who was driving that van, and I just stared at him with a mean face while shaking my head at him. I'm not sure if he even recognized me or not. Maybe I simply just made him uncomfortable. But he immediately put his head down, got into his van, and drove off. That was a moment that I will never forget for my entire life. I often ask myself what would have happened if we didn't run. Would I even be here to share this story today at 23 years old? It's something that I think back to a lot. That day showed me the true dangers of being an indigenous woman in Canada. To all my indigenous people, please be careful out there. Never be too trusting, and always trust your gut. And to those two creepy men, I have many pictures of your unique colored van. I know your faces, and I even know where you live. I hope you know that everybody knows about your actions. So let's never meet face to face again. I'm a 16-year-old male in my junior year of high school. 
I was recently listening to these types of stories on YouTube, and it reminded me of something that happened to me in middle school. It was my winter break of my 7th grade year, and a neighbor of mine who lived down the street had hired me to dog sit while their family was on vacation for the week. The mom of the family was friends with my mom, and the walk from my house to theirs was only about 5 minutes, so my parents had no issue with it. I was given the tasks of going to their house three times a day to feed and water the dog, as well as let it use the bathroom, play with them, etc. The first few days went completely normal. I would walk to and from without any issues, and I was honestly enjoying getting out in the winter weather and playing with the dog. I live in Arizona, so cold weather is a blessing here. On one of the few last days of dog sitting, I had woke up late and I saw that my phone was dead. I didn't have time to wait for it to charge as I had woken up late and I had to make sure the neighbor's dog hadn't had an accident in their house. I decided I would just wait until I was home to check my phone. I then got ready and walked over to the neighbor's house like usual. When I got inside, thankfully the dog hadn't made an accident on the floor, which made me very happy because I wasn't trying to clean that up. I took care of my duties and was ready to walk home. I left out the front door, and as I was locking it behind me, I had seen a vehicle driving by very slowly in my peripheral vision. I turned and I saw a man in a black truck driving abnormally slow past the house and down the road in the direction I would need to walk in order to get home. I wasn't overly concerned about this and I just assumed that they were checking their GPS and looking for a certain address or something like that. So I then started to walk home. Note, I'm on the left side of the road on the sidewalk. As I'm walking, the truck is still only maybe about 40 feet ahead of me on the opposite side, and not even 20 seconds into my walk, the truck pulls into the wrong side of the road and parks about 15 feet ahead of me. I was very paranoid as a child, and thank God I was. The man parking in front of me so hurriedly just scared me, even though I knew it was possible he was just pulling up to that house. I then decided then it's better safe than sorry, and I then started sprinting back towards my neighbor's house. As soon as I did that, the truck sped out of the parking spot it was in, turned around, and started driving towards me. See, when I was in middle school, I was going through my chubby phase, so I wasn't a fast runner at all, but the house was close enough that I wouldn't run out of breath too quickly. I fumbled the keys in my hand as I unlocked the door, practically falling in the house. I slammed the door shut and then locked it immediately. I went to reach for my phone to call and wake my dad to come get me, but then I remembered it was dead and it was sitting on the floor of my bedroom. I watched out of the little window next to the door, and I saw the same truck slowly driving by the house at least three times. I decided that now I would just go in the living room for a while and just watch TV just to play it safe. I wasn't worried that the man would try and break in or anything. I was more so worried he would be waiting outside the door or something. I had hoped that maybe I was overreacting and that it was all just one big coincidence and that the man really was just trying to find a house. Well, after about 20 minutes of sitting inside, I was sure that the man would be gone by now. I then peeked out the front window and even went upstairs to look out one of the upstairs windows for a fuller view, and there was no truck in sight. 
at least from what I could tell. It was then that I decided that I must have just been paranoid and was being ridiculous, and I was ready to walk home. I again walked out front, and I walked up the house, this time looking over my shoulder. I didn't see anyone, so I started the walk, this time fully aware of my surroundings. I was looking all around trying to make sure the truck was actually gone this time, and just when I thought I was in the clear, I saw it. The same truck parked on the corner at the end of the street. I wanted to run home, but in order to do that, I'd have to run right past the truck, and I knew that my little chubby ass wouldn't be able to outrun the man or even the truck for that matter. So once again, I started to run back towards the neighbor's house, this time tears rolling down my face. Up until then, that was by far the most scared I'd ever felt. I'm not exaggerating when I say that the truck was maybe about five feet behind me as I got to the driveway of the house. I ran inside again, slamming and locking the door. For some reason, the thought had never even crossed my mind that there could be a house phone there. I just sat inside the house for over an hour holding the dog and crying. I didn't know what to do, and as a young child who hadn't been diagnosed with anxiety yet, I was having a full-blown panic attack on the floor with no one there. Eventually, I had finally built up the courage to go out again and just sprint home. I got outside and locked the door as fast as I could, and then started booking it. I guess the adrenaline was really flowing, because my chubby little legs were pushing it. I then saw the truck pull around the corner, and this guy was still there. I don't know why he didn't assume that I'd called the police or my parents and just left at that point. Maybe he actually knew that the neighbors were out of town and that a kid was watching the place, so he assumed I wouldn't have a phone or something. Or maybe he was just dumb. I heard the truck picking up behind me, and by this point I felt like I was going to pass out from a mixture of fear, lack of breath, and just pure panic. I was within about 30 feet of my house when the truck pulled right in front of me and stopped. I then sprinted across the street through my next door neighbor's yard and into mine, quickly unlocking my door. At this point I was fully sobbing, and I felt as if I was going to throw up all over the place. My dad, who had just woken up and was making his morning coffee, had heard the commotion and had then came out of the kitchen asking what was wrong. I tried to explain between breaths, but I had struggled to get anything out. By the time that I was able to tell him what happened, the man would have been long gone. I had no identifying features other than the fact that he drove a black truck. My dad thought I was overreacting and maybe that it wasn't the same truck but I know for a fact that it was. It really seemed like my dad wasn't taking me serious about any of this, but he did at least still comfort me and made me some breakfast. It may seem like I'm overreacting, as the car had just moved and parked a few times, but if you saw the way the man was driving and how it was every time I was moving, you would know that his intentions were bad. I really don't like to think about what would have happened had the man successfully caught me. Although I will never forget this experience, as it really taught me a valuable lesson. Always be aware of your surroundings, and on top of that, if you're able to, always try and keep your phone fully charged, as you never know when an emergency could arise. Be safe out there everyone, and always trust your instincts, as it could be the very thing that saves you.
The story took place when I was 17. I lived in a rather small town next to a big city where my boyfriend lived at. Most days I would visit him at his house in the city that he had shared with three older brothers. One day on my way to see my boyfriend, I had noticed a white van behind me, like one of those typical sketchy tenant window vans everyone thinks of when they think of a kidnapper vehicle. But I didn't think too much about it. I thought that just maybe we were going in the same direction. But later into the trip, I noticed the same white van is still behind me. I started to get really nervous, but just tried to blow it off. So as I continued my trip, I tried to not focus on the van behind me, and I drove all the way to my boyfriend's house. The next thing I know, I parked in front of his house with the same van parked right behind me. That's when I knew that this wasn't just a coincidence, and I started to freak out and didn't know what to do. So I then decided to call my boyfriend and ask him to come to the front door and get me. He agreed, and the second he stepped out of the house, the van sped off. I then rushed inside, telling him everything that happened. My boyfriend convinced me that we needed to call the police and report it. We did call, but since we didn't have enough information... They pretty much told us that there was really nothing they could do. So, fast forward a few weeks later. I was watching the local news and I had saw a headline about a group in my area caught kidnapping and sex trafficking many young women. They also had a picture of the van identical to the same van that followed me that day that it happened. I really tried to convince myself that it couldn't be the same one. But then... I saw the same tinted windows and the same gray duct tape holding the smashed passenger side mirror in place. I knew that it was the same one. It truly makes me sick to think about what might have happened to me if I had decided to get out of that car that night. It has definitely taught me to be more aware of my surroundings, but the amount of trauma it's given me will be with me for the rest of my life. Please be safe out there, everyone. For context, I'm a 23-year-old Caucasian female, and I live in South Africa. I'm about 5 foot 5 in height, and I've always been petite with a baby face. This has probably been the main reason that I've had so many encounters with creeps and stalkers, especially in an area with a high crime rate. And my fellow South Africans can relate. I work in the modeling industry part-time. So, I get a lot of unwanted attention even on the days I'm off work. This was one such day. Not too long ago, I was at the mall with my mother looking for some new clothes and makeup, having a mom and daughter type of day. The whole time though, my mom kept looking around seemingly distracted by something. So, I asked her what she was looking for. My mom had then whispered to me that she didn't like the way that this one guy was looking at me and then gestured with her head to someone behind us. My mom has always been very overprotective of me, to the point of paranoia, and I just assumed that she was just having another one of her mama bear moments. I did, however, look behind us, and sure enough, there was a tall man in a thick black winter jacket, winter pants and boots, just browsing the makeup aisle. This was pretty weird as it was in the middle of the summer, my mom and I were both wearing sundresses and sandals because it was just that hot, even in the mall. I conceded that he gave a weird vibe, 
and we moved to the next aisle over. But this is where things started getting truly weird. It seemed that whatever aisle we moved to, the man followed us there. This continued for about 10 or so minutes before my mom suggested we leave as she wasn't comfortable. We both headed to the exit of the mall and decided to head home. We didn't get anything as my mom was just really weirded out by that guy. As we were leaving the exit though, the man continued to seemingly follow us from a distance and this really freaked us out. Why we didn't just head to security, I don't know. My mom and I just wanted to leave as quickly as we could at that point. As we got to the parking lot, the man had actually caught up to us and approached us. He asked us if we knew where to find a phone repair store. This was really weird even of itself because in order to leave this exit, you walk by several repair stores. My mom grabbed my arm and pulled me behind her and then firmly told him, No, we don't. As she then began pulling me to the area where we parked our car at. The dude had an angry look on his face as he held up his phone, again saying that he needed to find a repair shop right now, that it was urgent. He then turned to me and asked, Can you please take me to the nearest repair shop? My English isn't good. I actually kind of started to feel bad for this guy, thinking this guy was just a foreigner and needed some help navigating the area. So I then began to say, Okay, there's just one inside the mall when you left. You can't miss it. He again asked if I can take him to it directly, as he can't understand English. But my mom grabbed me more firmly, then said, No, we can't help you. She was now shaking at this point. The man just looked at us and had seemingly gave up as he walked away. Now, something to note about this mall. There are these very large white pillars as you exit, and you can't really see anything in front or behind it, as it has these shrubs around the base for decoration. That was when the strangest thing had happened. A man had walked out from behind the pillar and had held up his phone to my face and straight up took a flash photo of me close up. This happened really quickly, and both my mom and I just stood there in shock trying to process what the fuck is happening. Before we could even shout or yell at this man, both him and the man from earlier suddenly took off running together into the parking lot. They then jumped into a car that then sped off. My mom still had a firm grip on my arm that only increased as we both stood there completely flabbergasted at what happened. At this point, we both went back inside the mall to call for security which we should have done in the first place. It was there that we learned some shocking truths. The security guard had informed us that there had been women going missing in that mall very recently. There should have been an article about the missing girls in the news. To this day, they still haven't been found. I honestly don't know if what happened to my mom and I was at all related to those missing girls, but it really all seemed too suspicious to not be. We did go to the police and they told us they would review the mall security footage, but we never got a call back from them for any updates. Stay safe out there, girls. If not for my mom being so overprotective and paranoid, I never would have known that that man was following us. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone, and remember to always 
stay.